Section 14. This, That, and the Other. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This, That, and the Other by Hilaire Belloc. Section 14. Chapter 12. The Servants of the Rich. Do you mark there, down in the lowest point and the innermost funnel of hellfire pit, souls writhing in smoke, themselves like glowing smoke and tortured in the flame? You ask me what they are. These are the servants of the rich, the men who in their mortal life opened the doors of the great houses and drove the carriages and sneered at the unhappy guests. Those larger souls that bear the greatest doom and manifest the more dreadful suffering, they are the butlers boiling in molten gold. What, you cry? Is there then indeed, as I once heard in childhood, justice for men and an equal balance, and a final doom for evil deeds? There is. Look down into the murky hollow and revere the awful accomplishment of human things. These are the men who would stand with powder on their heads like clowns, dressed in fantastic suits of gold and plush, with an ugly scorn upon their faces, and whose pleasure it was, while yet their time of probation lasted, to forget every human bond and to cast down the nobler things in man, treating the artist as dirt and the poet as a clown, and beautiful women, if they were governesses or poor relations, or in any way dependents, as a meet object for silent mockery. But now their time is over, and they have reaped the harvest which they sowed. Look, and take comfort, all you who may have suffered at their hands. Come closer. See how each separate sort suffers its peculiar penalty. There go a hopeless shoal through the reek. Their doom is an eternal sleeplessness and a nakedness in the gloom. There is nothing to comfort them, not even memory, and they know that for ever and for ever they must plunge and swirl, driven before the blasts, now hot, now icy, of their everlasting pain. These are those men who were wont to come into the room of the poor guest at early morning with a steadfast and assured step, and a look of insult. These are those who would take the tattered garments and hold them at arm's length as much to say, What rags these scribblers wear! and then casting them over the arm with a gesture that meant, well, they must be brushed, but heaven knows if they will stand it without coming to pieces, would next discover in the pockets a great quantity of middle-class things, and notably loose tobacco. These are they that would then take out with the utmost patience private letters, money pocket-books, knives, dirty crumpled stamps, scraps of newspapers, broken cigarettes, pawn tickets, keys, and much else, muttering within themselves, so that one could almost hear it, with their lips. What a jumble these paupers stuff their shoddy with! They do not even know that in the house of the great it is not customary to fill the pockets. They do not know that the great remove at night from their pockets such few trinkets of diamonded gold as they may contain. Where were they born or bred? to think that I should have to serve such cattle? No matter. He has brought money with him, I am glad to see, borrowed no doubt, and I will bleed him well. 
such thoughts one almost heard as one lay in the beds of the great despairing then one would see him turn one's socks inside out which is a ritual with the horrid tribe then a great bath would be trundled in and he would set beside it a great can and silently pronounce the judgment that whatever else was forgiven the middle class one thing would not be forgiven them the neglect of the bath of the splashing about of the water and of the adequate wetting of the towel all these things we have suffered you and i at their hands but be comforted they writhe in hell with their fellows that man who looked us up and down so insolently when the great doors were opened in st james square and who thought one's boot so comic he too and all his like burned separately so does that fellow with the wine that poured it out ungenerously and clearly thought that we were in luck's way to get the bubbly stuff at all in any measure he that conveyed his master's message with a pomp that was instinct with scorn and he that drove you to the station hardly deigning to reply to your timid sentences and knowing well your tremors and your abject ill-ease be comforted he too burns it is the custom in hell when this last batch of scoundrels the horsey ones come up in batches to be dealt with by the authorities thereof for them first to be asked in awful tones how many pieces of silver they have taken from men below the rank of a squire or whose income was less than a thousand pounds a year and the truth on this they are compelled by fate to declare whereupon before their tortures begin they receive as many stripes as they took florence nor is there any defect in the arrangement of divine justice in their regard save that the money is not refunded to us cooks housemaids poor little scullery maids undergardeners estate carpenters of all kinds small stable lads and in general all those humble servants of the rich who are debarred by their insolent superiors from approaching the guest and neither wound them with contemptuous looks nor follow these up by brigandish demands for money these you will not see in this pit of fire for them is reserved a high place in paradise only a little lower than that supreme and cloudy height of bliss wherein repose the happy souls of all who on this earth have been journalists but gamekeepers more particularly those who make a distinction and will take nothing less than gold nay paper and grooms of the chamber and all such these suffer torments for ever and for ever so has immutable justice decreed and thus is the offended majesty of man avenged and what you will ask me perhaps at last what of the dear old family servants who are so good so kind so attached to master arthur and to lady jane ah of these the infernal plight is such that i dare not set it down there is a special secret room in hell where their villainous hypocrisy and that accursed mixture of yielding and of false independence wherewith they flattered and befooled their masters their thefts their bullying of beggarmen have at last a full reward their eyes are no longer sly and cautious lit with the pretense of affection nor are they here rewarded with good fires and an excess of food and perquisites and pensions 
but they sit hearthless, gibbering with cold, and they stare broken at the prospect of a dark eternity. And now and then one or another, an aged serving-man or a white-haired housekeeper, will wring their hands and say, Oh, that I had once, only once, shown in my mortal life some momentary gleam of honour, independence, or dignity. Oh, that I had but once stood up in my freedom and spoken to the rich as I should. Then it would have been remembered for me, and I should now have been spared this place. But it is too late. For there is no repentance known among the servants of the rich, nor any exception to their vileness. They are hated by men when they live, and when they die, they must for all eternity consort with demons. The end of section 14. The end of chapter 12.